I think that you know that active participation from the customer in helping that software company's success and and also sharing with other users, I think that's a really good indicator of of uh, a good customer experience. B two B has the potential to be electrifying. But the industry is paralysed by a culture of conservatism, scared stiff in a straitjacket of rational ideas. It's time for change. It's time to make B2B marketing visceral. Join us as we uncover and explore the truth with leading B2B marketers. This is B2B marketing, the provocative truth. Hello and welcome to B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth. I'm Benedict and today I'm joined by Kelly Brown, who is CMO of TechRow. Kelly, a very, very warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Obviously, I've just given a brief introduction to you, but clearly I won't have done that justice at all. So the floor is yours. Um, please give the people tuning in today a little bit of a bit of background uh, around who you are. Uh, so, you know, I've spent most of my career in um, B2B uh, might interest people to know that I actually started as a journalist way back when. That was what I um, studied at university and realized, you know, as a, um, a beat reporter, uh, just really wasn't able to pay the bills. So, um, you know, mid-90s, I started looking around and it was an interesting time in tech. So I actually transitioned to become a, a tech journalist and did that for a few years, then moved into the um, industry analyst side. Um, so, you know, and then and then ultimately ended up on the vendor side. So I've, you know, I've been working for, for tech companies for a couple of decades now. But, you know, when I first was starting my career um, on the tech side, there was this startup, maybe you heard of it, called um, Salesforce.com. And it was a really interesting time because, you know, people were, I think their motto was like zero software or, or <clears throat> excuse me, they put, you know, they had this logo with software and a line through it, um, you know, trying to get people to think differently around the functionality that you get without owning software. And of course, at that time, HP, for example, was also trying to get people to think about utility computing. And, you know, so it was, it was a really, it was a really big shift in, in the industry. And now everybody knows Salesforce, um, you know, but today, how annoying is it to you when you have to install software? So take for uh, for me, for example, Microsoft Teams, they've been trying to get me to update my software for probably the last three months, and they do it just as I join a meeting. And at that point, I'm probably late to the meeting. I probably haven't prepared enough. And the very last thing I'm going to do is update my software. And so I think, you know, when I was when I was reflecting on how to sort of frame my experience, I think that's a really good example to launch into the customer experience conversation we're going to have fantastic i, I actually never didn't realize it was originally called salesforce.com um I've, so mm -hmm. that's that is my ignorance um if i'd known that you come from a journalist background i would definitely have shoehorned the conversation into talking about brand storytelling um as an agency which has the journalistic heritage i would always have mm -hmm. taken the opportunity but too late for that, for that for now, but we have a very, very interesting conversation to have today, which I think you've alluded to, and I think you set up quite nicely with the the Teams example, which I can relate to. Um, I, for the record, um, use G Suite, and G Suite is uh, very, very good in terms of uh, not putting you in that position, but there are also lots of very, very suitable suppliers out there, so no bias at all here. But you raised a really, really important aspect, which is around customer experience, and customer experience within uh, the B2C world, 
that has been part of the lexicon for many, many years. Um, I think it's very well understood both intuitively and I think also intellectually as well. But when you think about B2B um, situations, actually, unlike B2C, B2B brands have a finite audience and actually making sure that you get your customer experience right is more important than ever when you think about sort of the value of the deals and the, the renewal, uh, sorry, the cost of um, acquiring new new customers. Um, but from my observations, and I'd be very interested to get your perspective on that, whilst it's something which is starting to be referenced, I don't think that the industry has a proper understanding of what customer experience should look like within the context of B2B and how it should be managed. Is that something you'd agree with? Yes. <laughs> I, I, well, so, you know, when I was preparing for this conversation, you know, I went into LinkedIn in the UK um, job, you know, the job window thing, and I just typed in customer experience to see what jobs would come back. And there was 8, 81,295 jobs that came back when I typed in customer experience. And it, it it ranges, right? So, and I think this is this is the crux of what needs to, to be discussed. Um, you know, there was customer experience director, there was um, customer success managers, content strategy, product marketing, customer service. All of it had an element of, of customer experience in the job description. So, I think it's one of those that it it's not that it's not talked about, but it's sort of a piece of everybody's job which then I think ends up in sort of siloed experiences of, or, or probably silos of how people think about what the customer experience actually is and what it means. And so from your perspective, you feel that it's actually a lack of that sort of single ownership of the customer experience within B2B organizations, which is the greatest inhibitor at the moment. Well, it's not necessarily a single ownership. I think it's perhaps a lack of empathy and really understanding of, you know, if, if we take a step back, one of the challenges that you have in B2B marketing is you often have a, a disconnect or a different set of, of groups between the economic buyer and the end user. And so when you think about the customer experience, which one are you optimizing for? Mm. Are you optimizing for the person that you want to sign the check or are you optimizing for the person who actually is the user? And so there's, I think there's, there needs to be a multi, multi-layered approach to think about what that customer experience is, start to finish, right? What's the, what's the touch point when someone comes to your website and the marketing messages you're using, you know, all the way through to how are you gathering feedback to, to improve either the experiences of doing business with you or the product that you're offering. And it's, so it's, it's such a gigantic, it's almost like boiling the ocean. And I think that's one of the problems for B2B. And so, so in practical terms, how, how could brands best approach it? And, and maybe, you know, the semantics of sort of having single ownership weren't, weren't quite right, but it yeah. does feel based on what you've sort of described there is that there, there are so many different dimensions to it, but unless someone or some team has that responsibility mm -hmm. for mapping it out, understanding those different touch points and then working on how it can be cohesive, it's always going to feel a little bit frag fragmented. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I do think that the, a, an organization needs to decide what their philosophy is for a customer experience. So it needs to be something that is deliberately discussed and there's trade-offs, right? There are, um, you know, cost benefits 
to uh, optimizing, as I said before, for the economic buyer. And if they're really happy and the end user isn't necessarily, but the economic buyer is, you know, so I think you, excuse me, I think you really need to, as an organization, decide what the what the philosophy is um, for the customer experience. And then I also think that, you know, because one of the challenges with really truly nailing the customer experience is you have to look from the outside in. And I think there are certain groups, you know, traditionally in organizations that do have to look sort of outward. What do we look like, you know, from the market's perspective, from the customer, competitors, et cetera. I think for, for, the, for the customer experience really to resonate and permeate an organization, we almost need to go back to like, if you remember Six Sigma, you know, years ago, you'd have, you know, groups would have people that would volunteer to be a black belt for whatever mm-hmm. function that was. But there was people that, you know, were the champion for that particular discipline. I think we we need to have a similar approach to the customer experience, that there are people in every function that really are sort of that champion of the that, that customer experience to, that are empowered um, and take that outward looking perspective, you know, really kind of rising above the day to day and what, you know, groupthink kind of takes over of how people do business and really challenging to say, you know, if, if I'm not in this organization, does what we're talking about actually make sense and helping to sort of reduce the friction and just make customers, you know, make it more of a, for a lack of a better way of saying it and sounding redundant, but more of an experience, more of a, a relationship building rather than sort of a transactional, are we going to get the customer to sign on the dotted line? Or are mm. they going to do what we want them to do? Kind of taking it the other, you know, the other way. And when you talk, you talk about the, the an organization needs to be clear on what its philosophy is. What advice would you give about how you can determine what that philosophy is? And what are the different factors you need to take into account? So when, you know, as I said earlier, the the customer experience, I mean, you literally can look end to end, you know, mm. from your website, that initial touch point to how the salespeople are, you know, talking about your product. How hard is it to get a demo uh, when someone is wanting to sign on the dotted line? How hard is it to deal with procurement and legal and all of the sort of logistics of actually mm. signing the onboarding Um the language being used in, in onboarding, the resources provided, uh, the feedback of what the product does versus what people thought it did. And sort of, again, getting into that relationship rather than in, into more of a transactional way of thinking about your product. But as I said, it because there could be quite different views between the economic buyer and the end user, some companies, you know, based on the resources they have, they may say, you know what, we want to have a good end user experience, but we do want to put more of our resources towards the things that are going to make the, you know, the decision about a project and the decision to roll it out. Um, those are the people that we actually want. We care more about their feedback. And that's not to say that people say, oh, I don't care about the end user. Mm. But, you know, um, you, as it said, you know, the customer experience could be boiling the ocean. So mm-hmm. finding things, you know, finding 
quick or easy wins that really do reduce friction within your own organization and just, you know, make it a delight to do business with you. Mm. And I know that sounds very cliche-ish, but yeah, I, I think on the B2B side, there is a very transactional approach. Now, you know, obviously your your biggest customers that spend the most money with you, you'll probably do anything that you need to do. But what about everybody else, right? Mm. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's interesting. You, you, you've spoken about how, well, there's, there's a transactional approach and you've, you've spoken about sort of the focus on the, the economic buyer. And from sort of lis- listening to that, it seems that, that is potentially quite short-sighted, certainly within sort of a tech environment where actually sort of you should be focusing on the renewals aspect as well because the cost of acquisition is is so high. So do you think that there still is a problem within B2B where we are looking too much at the acquisition and the economic buyer rather than looking at the full picture and the experience of the end user who will be a key determinant of whether there is a renewal? I, I do. And I think, you know, the the economic uncertainty that we're faced with around the world, you know, people are, are going to hunker down, right? Mm-hmm. And they are going to, you know, fight for survival. Um, and in that case, an economic buyer that says, yes, check the box, I you know, I want this or I need it, um, I think is, is going to trump, you know, are we doing, are we doing as much as we can for the, for the ultimate user of, of the product? And you also have some differences, uh, you know, if you think about different types of of software, um, you know, you'll have a difference between software that is IT led versus software that is sort of line of business Mm -hmm. led, which again leads to sort of, um, I think, disconnects of what a line of, uh, you know, what a business user needs and then what IT thinks the business needs doesn't always, you know, doesn't Mm -hmm. always line up. And so I think that, even within or even within customers, to be fair, there's probably a, a, a separation. And so I think sort of everybody, um, you know, pitching in together for <laughs> what's what is the, the, the problem that we're trying to solve and then thinking about what that experience is to, you know, purchase that software and also use it. And I, I completely agree in terms of the current economic climate is really, and I'm witnessing, I'm almost surprised by the levels here, forcing um, brands into very short-term activation-focused yeah. thinking. Um, so it takes a bit of bravery, actually, to say, well, no, we are not setting ourselves up for even midterm, let alone long-term mm-hmm. success by taking this this approach. Um so in terms of sort of taking that step, having that sort of slightly more holistic thinking, thinking about the customer experience and how that can contribute to renewal, who do you think within the organization is the right person to be that slightly defiant character and lead the sort of the change towards a more customer experience focused approach? It does start from the top down, right? So I think CEOs are under immense pressure, but, you know, short-term gains may not have long-term benefits. So, and I appreciate the the pressure people are feeling right now. Mm. So I think it, it does need to be influenced from a CEO philosophy to say, you know what, we need to do the right kind of business. And there are people that just shouldn't be your customer. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think enough B2B companies, as, as you started off in, in the initial opening, there is a finite set, but even within that, there are people that just for whatever reason, your your software isn't going to be a fit for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, 
a right way to do business driven from the top down. The way you described it, you know, naturally would lead people to say customer success. You know, that function should really be the one that is that voice of customer, is the champion for the customer. But again, when you think about the customer experience, even the language that you use in an onboarding email or the language you use in the UI of a product, it needs to be understood and accessible. And I don't I don't mean accessible like in a, a handicap mm. way, but of course there is that mm. as well. But I mean accessible from do you understand what I'm trying to do with your software? Right. Mm-hmm. So um I would say that organizationally speaking, customer success is probably the most suited to really drive that, you know, sort of retention mentality, if you will. But again, it's it it could be siloed from, you know, your uh, other functions, your your product mm. team, your engineering team, your marketing in everybody. It, that's what everybody in the organization needs to rally around it. Yeah. I mean, what strikes me in terms of what you're saying there is that I think a lot of people would think about, um, OK, well, we need to introduce customer experience as if it's an, an initiative. And well, we've hired mm. somebody, we've got a customer success team, so therefore we've done the job. But listening to what you say there, it's actually not an initiative. It's a business transformation. Mm. Um, It touches every single part of the business almost. And therefore, it has to be viewed as a transformation rather than an initiative. And I think Mm -hmm. conceptually, that's probably very, very important for um, for companies to get to get to get an understanding of. So if we're to look and I mean, look, we're not going to solve it on, on, on this call, but if we're to say that, you know, it does need to, the investment, it needs to be led by a team who probably are something like the customer success team. They've got to be mm-hmm. empowered. They've got to be given that sort of investment and that, that authority. Do you feel that marketing sort of role within that is just within the sort of the marketing silo? Or do you think they should be really a key player in shaping a sort of a broader customer experience um, across, you know, the sales and also the um, uh, end user experience as well? It's it's an interesting question. As I said earlier, you know, people that the people that are suited for the customer experience are going to be the ones that do have that sort of outward facing, you know, I think a lot of companies, they just sort of get caught up in what things look like in front of you from, you know, being a badged employee of whatever company Mm. you're working for and just sort of assuming this is what the customer experience is. Marketing is one of those functions that has to always be outward looking, Mm -hmm. right? What, you know, what are the market trends that we need to respond to? Uh, What are the competitive threats how are people responding to our messages that we might want to tweet? So marketing is is a lot about sort of trial and error, testing and refining. It's it's very much an art more than a, a science. And so I do think marketing is, especially early on in, in the journey, is is the tip of the spear, right? Mm. The way the 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 deliberate language that you use on your website, is it that I understand what I need to be doing as a customer and my my problems and what I'm trying to accomplish, or is it you talking about how great you are? And mm. there's probably any number of software companies that we can think of go to their website and you know they're brilliant and they're amazing yeah. and their software is just the greatest thing you've ever seen. So you're kind of stupid not to buy it. Like that that kind of mentality when I go to a website. And this is just generally speaking, I would think the customer experience is probably an afterthought. 
right? Mm. It is that transactional approach. So I do think that the public representation of the brand absolutely um, is a key element in the customer experience. Mm. I, I think in addition to the marketing are absolutely the ones that are responsible for understanding the market trends and to be adapting approach correspondingly they absolutely are the ones that should be making sure that messaging across touch points such as the website is um on point um i also also think that fundamentally when you think about customer experience it's about how um interactions at various touch points are conducted and what that experience is like for the individual sorry for the for the for the user um and really every touch point should be an expression of the brand like brands are successful if they are consistent and what yeah. is the absolute nemesis of a brand is to be like great i get this brand i get this brand and then whoa what the hell has just happened there <laughs> i don't mm -hmm. recognize that as something which is consistent and that's why i think that you know marketing has a real responsibility to be a a guiding light to a customer success team in terms of well this is who we are as a brand this is our identity so therefore this is how it's got to show up across the different touch points mm -hmm. as well yeah um and just just quickly and this is a, a bit more of a sort of like a, a practical thing but you know from your perspective how is customer experience how should it be measured and how should the value be reported back to the business yeah you know similar to marketing i think a lot of the 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 metric the things you would want to to measure they're hard right um you know measuring a brand and the feeling of a brand and how that is perceived by you know all different stakeholders is really hard and i know you've had podcasts on on this mm. as well uh, you know the the obvious thing that i think people would look at you know and, and probably a lot of people would say, you know, if your customer experience is good, then you're going to be generating revenue, right? And I, you know, there is something to be said, you know, if you're in a for-profit organization, you do need to be generating sales that then fuels the business to be able to generate more sales and develop more products. Yeah, I think things that are probably a little bit closer to, um, you know, indicative of a good customer experience would be things like customer retention, for example, mm -hmm. and expansion. Uh, if I like you and I'm getting value from you, then I'm going to want to stay with you and I'm going to maybe want to use more of the products than, you know, you necess than I necessarily bought to begin with. I think even that has flaws in it in that you may have software and there's no alternative, right? Or you're so entrenched in my organization that it's a really crappy user experience or a crappy customer experience, but I can't. I can't afford or I can't take the time to rip you out. So you have some people, and I think that there are probably some bigger software um, companies out there that have fallen into that pattern of, well, we have you locked in. Good luck. You know, mm. try to rip us out. What are you going to do then? So kind of holding people hostage, not that I'm saying that these companies are built on let's hold our customers hostage, but let's face it, there are some softwares out there that really are holding customers yep. hostage. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, I think another good, for me, if you're, if you're delivering value and I feel good about the relationship I have with you, you know, that voice of customer is, is probably a, a good guiding light um, from a metrics perspective. You know, satisfaction, of course, um, willingness to talk publicly. So I think there's a community element to it. 
those things are, are, well, success is easy, not easy to measure, but it is more quantifiable than, you know, sort of the community aspect. But people that are willing to, you know, be advocates for you and will say yes to helping you, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of getting back to what I said earlier, you know, if you have a transactional relationship, you sign in the dotted line and you kind of part your ways and, you know, the customer does what they do with the software and you go on to the next one. If it really is a partnership where the customer feels vested in your in your success, they want to help you, right? Yeah, I'd be willing to take a reference call, or yeah, I'd be willing to speak at this conference, or yeah, I'd be doing be happy to you know participate in a user group or chair a user group or mm-hmm. whatever you know whatever it is. I think that you know that active participation from the customer in helping that software company's success and and also sharing with other users, I think that's a really good indicator of of uh, a good customer experience. Yeah, absolutely. So the the engagement, the advocacy aspects, in addition to looking at those harder metrics around sort of retention as well. Um, Now, my penultimate question is a little bit of a tangent uh, and also might be a little bit of a half-baked thought as much as anything else. But as I was sort of thinking about, um, you know, customer experience within the context of B2B before um, coming on, coming on the podcast today, it... um, I was thinking about the importance initially of having a consistent customer experience. And that relates to what I was just saying there about how a brand needs to be consistent. Mm -hmm. But then my sort of thinking sort of like went on one stage um, to how there is such an emphasis at the moment on account-based marketing. And that's how brands can actually take a more tailored and specific approach depending on the particulars of that account. I'm just wondering, do, do you foresee us ever getting to a point where we may end up with account-based customer ex- experience, which um, I'm going to coin as ABCX? Mm. Um, do you think we'd ever get to that point where we are being specific about that sort of experience um, for particular accounts? Or actually that would be to the detriment of customer experience and impractical? You know, it's a, it's a good question. Um, you know, obviously companies want to do what they can for mm the accounts to generate the most revenue, Mm. right? I mean, that's at the end of the day, account-based marketing is trying to either uh, take more share of wallet or open accounts that you just haven't been able to open before. So I think naturally the way you go about, uh, you know, your sales strategy, your marketing strategy, possibly your customer success to a degree is already oriented towards an experience that that account would have. I think, there's a tendency to focus your efforts on the companies that spend the most money with you and everybody else just, you know, they just Mm. kind of get on as they get on. I think there needs to be a sort of minimum levels table stakes, regardless of, of the account. Everyone should get that same customer experience that is uh, productive, low friction, both with the customer, but also within teams internally and really kind of builds that that goodwill right mm-hmm. that 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 the customers that you have especially in a b2b space you should never take any single one of them for granted cuz guess what it doesn't matter what industry and people move around and mm. if i had a bad experience one i am not going to recommend and i will not champion that software when i go to my next company and so it's that sort of long that long game that i think people need to to really consider of course, there's things that you could do to tailor a customer experience for, you know, your your top customers. 
But I think if you if you sort of tailor the customer experience approach generally that way, you're going to end up optimizing for, I think, a small group of people when really the customer experience should be inherent in who you are as a company and mm-hmm. how you do business. Yeah, no, I think that there probably are some practical limitations uh, to that. And, and, you know, the, the truth is, is that a good account manager um, should be trying to orchestrate a degree of a sort of a, yeah. a bespoke experience um, anyway. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation around uh, customer experience. And I think that there's so much more, I think, that we could discuss. And I think there's so much mm. more that time that needs to be sort of invested in really, I suppose, intellectually and academically understanding what it could look like mm-hmm. um, and thinking about sort of the the expansive breadth of customer experience. Um, because I think that we probably, even in this conversation, we're probably missing some of the things which are happening on the margins, which must be must be considered. Mm-hmm. But before I let you go, I, I, I'm really keen to um, get your sort of response to our, our final question, which we always ask uh, people that join us on the, the podcast. Uh, and this is a slight sort of break from what we've been talking about, but it's around uh, how marketing within B2B needs to go beyond the rational and actually sort of move people on a deeper emotional mm. level, on a visceral level as we talk about it. So um, when was the last time that you saw any marketing, you know, it could be an advert, any form of communication really, that made you feel it in your guts? So when I was preparing for this, I, I happened to come across this company with a, a course that I'm taking right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're called um, Lavender, and we don't we don't use them, um, but they do AI for sales emails, so cold outreach and all. And actually thinking about the customer experience, um, you know, that sales touch point, that cold outreach is a touch point, right? And it often sucks. And so they, this company, they developed this, this persona called Lavender Joe, and it is hilarious. I, I really, really appreciate. So what they did is um, they have this whole series of YouTube videos and Lavender Joe sits down like on a park bench next to you. You're eating your lunch. He's like, hi, I'm Joe. And the guy's like, Hey, he said, did you know we're working with seven out of the top 10 and like, all of those really cringy, spammy emails that you get, I know I get 50 mm-hmm. of them a day, is it personified in Lavender Joe. And it, it makes the point so crystal clear about how crappy a lot of these emails are. And then when you see it in this sort of like tongue-in-cheek guy sitting in this horrible colored suit, <laughs> talking to someone, having their lunch on a park bench, you just realize like, yeah, there has to be a better way. And it just, I actually shared the, the video links with my team. It's like, not that, of course, not that we do this. Um, but, you know, it's, it just, it, it gets you thinking like, yeah, we, it is, it is really, it's really awful. And this company is just so on point with, and they're short, short little videos and they're just brilliant I'm, I'm, I, will ch- I will check those. I've got quite a vivid visual, uh, <laughs> like visual image based on how you've described it there. But um, yeah. I think we can all relate to um, the irritation, which I think is you probably described there in terms of how some of those emails come through and just the absolutely oblivious persistence, I think, is always the thing which, uh, yeah. which shocks me. Um, yeah. But anyways, I, Kelly, it's been really, really enjoyable conversation. I think we, there was a lot of aspects which were, were absolutely fascinating, but I think that for me, the thing that stands out is 
just having that sort of clarity around um, what you talked about in terms of philosophy, you know, are we speaking to the economic buyer or are we speaking to the end user or should we actually be taking both into account? And I think probably what I've taken from this is that if you want to be taking a sort of a sustainable approach, you have to look at the two in conjunction, but you look at them within the context of what an, a wider customer experience is. And it's a series of touch points and it's a series of touch points over a set period of time as well. But if you are to take that approach and you understand those different needs and interests and how that can relate to your ultimate business effects that you want to achieve, you're going to set yourself up to be a much, much more successful organization in the short term, but also very, very importantly in the long term when it comes to retention as well. So Kelly, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very, very much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth is brought to you by Allen Agency. To find out more, head to allen-agency.com. You can stream B2B Marketing The Provocative Truth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else great podcasts are found. And don't forget to click subscribe to ensure you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Allen, thanks for listening.